Bad snap. Bobble oh, scoops oh. up. Here come the Spartans. Touchdown, MSU. From WDBM East Lansing, you're listening to the Green and White Report, a production from Impact Sports. This is your source for sports news, debates, and more for Michigan State, Detroit, and the rest of the sports world. Welcome in to the Green and White Report. Sunday morning, actually, Trent. We're actually doing this on a Sunday morning like we usually would at 11 o'clock, but we're not live on the air as we usually would be, but it kind of feels normal. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, it, it, it does kind of feel normal. You have your Saturday night fun, and then you wake up on Sunday, and you're just excited to talk sports, and you're tired and maybe a little hungover, but it's all good. You know, it's, it is what yeah, it is. it's a happy hangover. Yeah, it's a, it's a, a happy McDonald's, you get, the, you get some sausage burritos, McDonald's, a large Coke, you're feeling great. Yes, at McDonald's, that is a great call. It's always McDonald's. And pretty soon here, we'll have Lions football to look forward to after oh the show. Oh, my God. After the show. It's all, that's part of it, too. You know, you get to go to the show. You know, I, obviously, as, as a guest every now and then in the past couple of years, you go to Holden Hall, which obviously we're not there now. But, um, you know, you, 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 you hop on the show, you hop on the mic, you give some hot takes, and then you get yourself proven wrong by the Detroit Lions in an hour. <laughs> so it's fun. We're going to get that to look forward to soon as well. I can't wait for you to tell me that TJ Hawkinson's the best tight end since Gronk or something after like week two. I will tell you that after week <laughs> one and a half. So, so get, get excited. What's it all? Everyone's back in East Lansing. I just moved up this week. Yeah, but I, think you, you, I was going to say, you got the you flag. You guys have been up, right? Week. Yeah, I got the Michigan State flag. I also have a UConn football flag that my brother got me for Christmas last year for some reason. Old, it says old. tailgating football fun, UConn football. Go Huskies. I That's guess. Cool. Yeah. Fly it with pride. Yeah, fly it with pride. I think they're like the worst college football team in FBS. But, <laughs> I mean – I, we haven't been on since MSU announced that they were going remote, right? We haven't, at least. Oh, that, mean, was, that was a couple of days ago. Was it? I, that was like four days ago, I think, yeah. Yeah, it was earlier this week, so yeah, we haven't been on. Okay, so I, I mean, as Michigan State students, we should definitely talk about it. But yeah. freshmen not allowed to go to the dorms. People still coming back to campus who have off-campus like living and leases like we do because – I was laughing, and I think everyone was laughing when Stanley was kind of like, oh, we're going to give a break. I, I hope these leasing companies give these kids a break for not coming back to campus. We're not going to. You're not going to pay for it either or not. You might as well come up here. But a little weird. I think everyone kind of assumed that we were going to go virtual eventually, especially with the stuff going on in North Carolina and Notre Dame. But it's not a day. I mean, it's just such a bummer. It, yeah. like. Just because just we assumed it does not make it less of a bummer. Like, this sucks. It does. And, and it's, it, it's tough for me, too, because, I mean, I, I'm more concerned with, you know, our, the radio stuff. I have no yeah. problem learning online. I understand that that's not the typical college experience. But it is going to be and, – and I do think Michigan State made the right call, in, in, you know, with all things considered. But it just stinks for us, and no one else really gets it. Collins, we talked a little bit – on the Motown rundown about how just in general, like you can't do stuff. Yeah. If you do anything, people are just going to poo-poo you and act like they wouldn't do the same thing if they were in our situation. So that's kind of frustrating. Uh, No, it really is because people, I I mean, 
the whole like guilt on these people and the responsibility that it's all on the college students for these campuses to like be able to run smoothly is just like not correct. It's just like, and I think Michigan State made the right call with just like, hey, we're just not gonna bring the students back at least on on-campus living and we're gonna do virtual learning. Because that's like, if it's not safe enough to have more than 10 people in your house at the same time, how is it safe to have like classes? Like how, how can you justify trying to bring people back basically to make profit for your university, but these kids can't have more than like 15 people in their house and they want to have a good time. That's a part of college. It yeah. just, it like, I, I hate to tell people, it's not just about learning and the kids are not being selfish. When they come up to college, this is a part of the college experience. I'm sorry. That's just how it is. Yeah. That's why that, like you said, Collins, that's why people are still moving up here. You know, if they have off campus leases and by the way, just real quick, you know, when people say, you know, hopefully we get a break from, you know, our, or rent or something like that. That's yeah, not all, happening. All the fine print that you don't read when you sign your leave <laughs> does that. That is not ever going to happen, no matter what or any circumstance. They have pandemic well, proofing on DTN's contracts. Right. Yes. <laughs> That's what that is. Well, I mean, it still feels normal. I mean, you guys been up here a couple of days and stuff. There's still going to be a lot of people up here. It's just bars are closed and stuff like that. Other restaurants are going to be more busy than other. Hank, you work at LS Tucker, right? Yeah, I haven't that, actually like been scheduled in a long time, but oh, <laughs> I, I worked Sorry. there, I guess. <laughs> so did you get fired? No, I just like took a couple weeks off and then just didn't really go back. So oh, I don't. So. I, I kind of still work there, I guess. <laughs> kind of still work there. On the yeah, schedule, I'll, I'll, I'll probably jump on the schedule, you know, a little Come bit. Come on, here. dude, get on the schedule. But I was about to say because I came up here on like Friday night and. Those places, like the places that are still open, are packed. They're jammed. Yeah, every single one. Good. So. It sucks for all those other bars that are closed that made 70% of their like earnings on alcohol, but yeah, hopefully some of those come open like safely so they can like get back because like you see businesses like the Conrad's and that's the crunchies. You see that it's not open right now, but yeah. I, I mean, Conrad's does so well, they'll probably reopen once things hopefully get back to normal, but it's good to be back in East Lansing and it, it does feel normal now doing a green and white report yes. at 11 o'clock on a Sunday and my two pals, and feels good. 11 o'clock. Welcome back. Welcome back to East Lansing, Collins. We missed yes. you. Hey, Thin and Lizzy. The boys are back in town. That's that's the theme song for this one. I like it. Thin, we, should thin playing the whole, we should have it playing in the background the whole time. I think that is actually, like, the whitest male song of all time. Thin Lizzy's The Boys is Back in Town. Top People there. love that five. song. It's top I'll, five. That's, okay, top five. We're, like, middle-aged white guy song. They uh, Everyone loves that song. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I'm not discriminating. Maybe everybody, every guy likes it. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> the point that's, you're trying to make is correct. I yeah. understand yes. what you're trying to say. What pissed you off this week, Trent? Uh, I mean, a lot of things. I'll, I'll, let me go last. I got I to gotta decide. I got to go last. Okay. A lot of things. Well, Fine, hey, I'll, I'll start off. Because Did Hank come prepared this week? I, well, I'm kind of cheating because what pissed me off pissed everybody off. But it's the right what? decision. We already said closing campus, but I was supposed oh to live. Oh, my God. That's too easy. No, shut up. Shut up. Listen, I was supposed to live on campus. So I have a I – have oh. a, that's different. It's different. I was so supposed to live you, in Brody what, Hall. What are you doing, Hank? I, so I'm, I'm still reeling. I'm still trying to secure the sublease in the same place I'm living right now. But it's just kind of like they lost our paperwork, so I only have to go back and, like, I don't know, all this stuff. I was, like, supposed to go home this week, so, like, I'm just trying to, like, figure all that out. So I have a little bit of an extra edge why I can use that as my what pissed me off. That's fair. 
Yeah, that's fair. That's I mean, if you're a freshman right now, that sucks. Just point blank. Well, I'm, you're I mean, it. It, it's not even – it's not just freshmen, though. It's I know, I know. I know. But I, I'm just pointing out that, like, you're so excited to come up to college, get that college oh, right, experience. Yeah. And, yeah, you can't. You're not going into dorms and stuff. I know. I feel horrible for them. Go to community and, college, and, honestly, and, it, su- and it does suck for other people who planned on living in the dorms for another year like you, Hank. That that yeah. sucks. And I think – I mean, I think apartments will go up, though. Like, I still think people will find a way to try and live up here during the year because – yeah. We got everyone knows who lives around East Lansing. There's a million apartments now. Yeah. yeah. Yep. There's spots all over. Keep looking, Hank. We'll help you. We will get you a spot. <laughs> I won't here. help you, Hank. Trent can help you, but that <laughs> seems like a lot you. of work. I will help you, Hank. I got it. That right. seems like a lot of work. Trent will I know, I know where to I know where my loyalties are, man. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> what pissed me off this week was the price of cereal. I go shopping oh. at Meyer and a box of Fruit Loops is four fifty. Are you kidding me? I can't. Okay. I love cereal, okay. first of all. I'm big Was cereal it family guy. size? I think so. But still, it's, it's just it's outrageous. I can't get more than two boxes of cereal because I'm going to have to, you know, work overtime. Break in the bank. <laughs> yeah. It's just I, I can't justify it in my head. You go from freshman year in the dorms where they oh. have cereal dispensers, <clears throat> get unlimited cereal. And I mean, milk is cheap, but you still have to buy your own milk too, which I'm okay. But don't complain about milk prices. I'm I'm complaining. I'm is it a milk price thing? It's a cereal price thing. It's way too high, and I think I realized that. I I went to the grocery store twice this week, and that was a common denominator in both trips. Are you using the cereal? Is way too expensive. So I'm trying something new. I bought a value like bag like you know the bag yeah 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 i bought one of those for dog food bag we'll see how that goes did you you, get like the regular version of it or was it like a knockoff kroger brand where it's just like it's it's the knockoff but it tastes the same i've tried it before it's still good it tastes i'll say the knockoff first of all are you going when you're buying a fruity cereal you're buying fruit loops instead of fruity pebbles like what are you doing dude no no fruity pebbles first but fruit loops are still like elite for me they're still elite. Fruit Loops are underrated. People don't give Fruit Loops the shine they deserve. They're a good fruity cereal. Fruit Loops leave a better milk at the end than fruit, Fruity Pebbles do. That That's true. Yeah. Because Fruity Pebbles, you also have a lot of soggy little pieces that, like, kind of, you know, they, they kill the vibe when you're drinking the milk at the end. Yes. That's if fair. You know what I mean. Yeah. So that, that's, that's that. Cabin Crunch is also elite for me. Oh, um, dude. What I, I mean, what I would do to go back to Case Hall – and just have the Captain Crunch Berries dispensary unlimited for me to just pound every breakfast. And then I would get a plain donut. Oh, yes. The donuts were elite in the calf, too. I used to go talk c- about that Cinnamon enough. Toast Crunch late night. Whew, cinnamon Toast Crunch is the best cereal, like, objectively. I don't think I've ever met anyone who doesn't like Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I'm talking 1030 at night, dude. Just a couple bowls of that while the NBA is playing. <laughs> I, yeah, I, don't even, nice. I don't eat it that dangerous. much. But I'm aware that that's the goat. You know what I mean? Like, it, I, don't, it's, I don't eat it that much, but I know it is. It's like, well, it's like, Captain Crunch is like Kareem. Like, like you didn't see it, but, like, you're like, wow. I mean, he was unguardable. Like, yeah. they, they had nothing for him. So, I don't know. What pissed me off this week, this might just be, like, regional. I know that everyone that listens is not necessarily a Detroit sports fan. Rod Gardenhire pissed me off this week. Uh, I love Gardy. I love him. But, I, like, why is Jamer Candelario playing first base? I know this is super random, and this is probably not on topic. I've never seen anyone look more uncomfortable in a Major League Baseball game than Jamer Candelario playing first base. And he's, like, the what best about, third. 
What about Nick Castellanos? Okay, Nick Castellanos is the worst defensive player in baseball history. (laughs) Okay. That's that's like Carlos Guillen at the end of his career trying to play like second base. He was not good either. But, uh, I mean, the lineups they throw out, the bullpen decisions, I'm a diehard Tigers fan. And I know I got – I was a little bit too cautiously optimistic once they got off to that hot start. I was like, you know what? They did make the playoffs. They probably can't because their rotation stinks. But, Guardy, we need to figure it out. We need to lock in here. Play it like Miggy can't be batting in the three-hole. The guy's batting like 187. If Christian Stewart's in the lineup again, I might burn everything in my house down. The guy's the worst player in baseball, and he just keeps hitting opportunities. So, Guardy, figure it out. That's what pissed me off. Ron Gardenhire. All warranted. Um, check out the Motown Rundown if you would like Collins' full rant. Collins has a full rant on that whole subject. So go check I didn't out. really go on a rant. I just was talking in circles. That's what I do well, on that show. Often. Okay, Rabs went on a rant, and, and you kind of checked him a little bit because he was defending guys like Christian Stewart. So. Yeah, okay. I, I'll give it a little preface. He's like, Christian Stewart needs a chance. Christian Stewart, to all the Green White listeners, Christian he, Stewart does not need a chance. He does not. He's done two years. He stinks. He's so bad. I saw a tweet yesterday from, like, Tigers John, and my uh, roommate showed it to me. He goes, Christian Stewart is the first zero-tool player in baseball history. He has no arm, can't run, can't hit, Yeah, like, can't I mean, field. He, he doesn't have a position. His, his position would be DHing if he could hit, which he cannot. So that is – He's just not good at baseball. Sorry, Christian. You made a couple years living in the major leagues. It's, I think that's good enough. Sorry. But, okay, let's move on to Big Ten football. Did you see that they're trying to start in January? Yeah. Do you guys think that could work? I mean, it's it's like reverse of what we're used to, obviously, because you would start in the cold and it would warm up as the season went on. I think it would be kind of fun. It would be kind of interesting. But, like, people forget that the, the college football season ends in January, whereas the NFL is the one that goes until February. You know, the Super Bowl is played in February. So it's like one of those things where – I don't, these college kids have never really played in as cold of temperatures as it will be, you know, especially because, you know, the high school season ends in November. So that, that, the whole thing is just like, I don't really know if they'd be able to adapt to it, but the problem is if we want big 10 football, they might have to, they might be forced to. Um, I, ideally I would rather have them start in February just because you're a little closer to that warm weather and turning the corner. And obviously February is the shortest month of the year. So that's that, but it's just like, I'd rather have football over over no football, obviously. I don't even have to yeah. justify that. So if this is what they're going to have to do, go for it. I think it's feasible, but I just don't know. I don't know how wild the players are going to be about it, especially the players who still have, you know, three or four years ahead of them. So I don't I don't know. What are your thoughts? I don't know. Like, I think they're trying to start in January so they can get a 10-game season in, which I just don't think is feasible if they want to play in the fall the next year. Like, I, I just I, – I think you need to play eight or six games – if you want to maintain if everything's all right, so you can go ahead and play in the fall the next year because that's where football needs to be in the fall. Like it's it's just like the fabric of the sport and the fabric of people's athletic departments. So I I think ten games is almost too much. But if they're gonna do ten games, I get starting in January. I don't know, maybe they like go play in neutral sites or something early because in some of these places like. Minnesota, it's like minus twenty in the middle of January. So well, that's I just so, the other thing, like just well, just real quick before I let you finish, it's like like you said, the fabric of, of football and the sport is it's played in the fall. It's not meant to be played 
in 10 degrees with negative 20 wind chills. And it kind of is. It kind of is, though. But, but you have to also understand that these are college kids, not professionals. So the games are not going to be good. Like, it's going to be Michigan State Rutgers two years ago when it was like 7-6 oh, in the final. You know, like, it, pe people aren't going to score if it's 10 degrees outside. It, the games aren't going to be good. They're not going to be fun to watch. But I, I, for the sake I mean, of getting a 10-game schedule, and I get it. But I think ultimately, Collins, you nailed it. I lean more towards go eight games. You know, don't try to squeeze in. A, don't try to force a 10-game schedule. Just give us some football, all interconference, and then you kind of figure it out from there. I don't know. I just don't think it needs to be 10 just just because so that we get two ice bowls at the beginning of the year. If they do 10, though, I do think they should go non-conference and maybe help out the MAC or these other lower schools if everything's all right for people to be traveling and stuff like that. Because I think it's important that you, like, keep those conferences afloat because, I, I, I mean, personally, as a Michigan State fan and Trent as growing up as a Central Michigan fan, it's fun when Michigan State plays Central Michigan. It's fun when Michigan State plays Western Michigan. It's fun when Michigan plays Central Michigan and Eastern. Like, it's fun when the state schools play each other. Like, and I don't think people get that until they get up to college. You're like, yeah. oh, this game's boring. But no, once you get to college and you have all your friends from all these other schools coming in, that's an experience that people want. That's like one of those tailgates you look forward to all year. You're like, oh, we got Western this year. Might not be the best game, but we're playing them at night. So it's going to be a party. Like, yeah. you got I, money I, I, cool. and yeah, and the math needs that money. So if they're going to do 10 games, I hope they involve the math. But I think eight games is the way to go it's just hard to like think what is going to be different then than it is now that like allows them to play yeah. and that can get us into the whole parents like protesting at the big 10 offices like i don't like i don't have an opinion because like if anyone was going to be super cautious and like be against the ncaa playing it's the parents and it's been like this weird 180 with the big 10 ever since they canceled that, like, basically everyone was pressuring them to cancel, and then they canceled, and then they got scrutiny for it. It was really odd, and I, I think if all the power conferences followed, it wouldn't be the same. But since SEC, ACC, and Big 12 are still playing, everyone's just kind of dumping on the Big 10 and Kevin Warren for basically putting it out there that they don't want to be sued. Like, I love people who are like, hey, uh, we need a reason for why we're not playing Big 10 football this year. Guess what? Kevin Warren does not want to lose like $700 million in a lawsuit if all these kids end up getting sick and they have long-term effects. That's why they're not playing. There could be okay. like, oh, there could be minimal risk. That There's a lot of risk for the Big Ten to go out and play. There really, there's a lot. And once there the map canceled, once the map canceled, they have nothing to do. It's the same region of the country. And like – any like player who was to get sick and have long-term offense and just point out, well, the math thought it was medically unsafe. What, why didn't you, what, what information did you get that said it wasn't unsafe? So like, I, I'm tired of the people asking, we need more reason. We need more explanation. That's explanation from a legal aspect. They just don't want to like go through that. And the SEC and the ACC and Big 12 are willing to take that chance, even though I don't think they'll play either, uh, uh, at least until October. The, the whole, I mean, using the MAC as an example is, is, is perfect because that is a conference that relies on their football revenue. I mean, they, they wouldn't shut down, you know, their season, cancel the season, what have you, if, it, if there was any way that they could make it work. They just couldn't for all the reasons you just laid out, so I won't harp on them. But it's like 
the Big Ten, you're right, is basically being used as the poster child for this whole wacky season canceling, postponing thing. And, you know, they've kind of been a scapegoat for the rest of the country. Whether that's really right or wrong. It, Do you get it? I don't no, get I, it. I, I don't understand why. Like, I don't, I don't know when it, like, happened where it, like, turned to being like, oh, Kevin Warren's an idiot. Like, they should at least gave it a try. I'm like, it's better than, like, if I'm a player, and I know, like, guys, like, it really does affect, like, the 1% players. It's kind of like the NCA and, like, player benefits. It really affects the 1%, like, the Justin Fields, the Trevor Lawrence's. But, like, the primetime players in the Big Ten who don't get to play this year, that sucks because they probably came back to school expecting to win a national title. And that's why I, I think you see all these Ohio State people up in arms as they get to see their competitors continue to play this fall. But, like, I don't get why, like, there's so much scrutiny towards this. I feel like they'd be getting the same. It's a damned if you do, damned if you don't thing to me. Exactly. I just, like, at, it's win. crazy. They can't win. And, and oh. I like, the SEC and the ACC are, and the Big 12 are, like, getting credited for, like, trying to play. But, like, they have one outbreak. They're shutting down the season. And like, that's what I was going to say. On the flip side of that, how successful do you see them even being? Because they're no, not bubbled. I don't think they're going to be successful kids. at all. It's college kids we're talking about here. They're not yeah. in a bubble. I mean, how successful are those conferences going to be in playing their seasons anyways? It's a, like it's not feasible to expect college kids not to interact with other college kids. It's just not going to happen. Like, all the athletes oh. are not – they're not going to just be by themselves. They're just not. And so, I I, I, I mean, if they were – I. I will be watching SEC on 3.30 on CBS if it's on. Trust me, I will be, and I hope it is. I just don't think it's going to happen. I just I find it weird that the Big Ten is getting all the scrutiny for making the decision with a little foresight that maybe, like, hey, let's get ahead of the spring. And I know everyone was criticizing them for not getting ahead of it in the fall and not figuring it out, but no one else did. Everyone in college football basically was like, let's just hope this goes away, and it hasn't. So, yep, and, and Collins, you nailed it. Um, <clears throat> I think eventually, when we do realize that no one's going to be able to play football, people are going to have to back off the Big Ten a little bit. We're going to have to say, "Okay, we're sorry." I don't it's know. Not even that, I like, don't, I, I don't like, I, at all either. I guarantee you, like, there will be one outbreak in a major five conference that's still playing, and then they'll like delay the season for a month or like post, like, it's just going to be a cluster. Like, yep. it really – and the Big Ten's just kind of avoiding all that, which I, I – like, I still think there's big question marks of them even having a spring season. I did I, – I, like – Yeah. Unless, like, life is completely normal, like, I find it hard to believe they're going to be able – they would even want to, like, bother with the spring season because the revenue well, – That's the thing. Like, like th that's what people are forgetting is this is all contingent on the virus has to get better. Like, if the virus yeah. doesn't get better – Actually, none of this is going to change. It's just going to be the same. Yeah. And I know that's not what people want to hear, but for some reason, people don't get it. They think time is just going to heal all this, you know, all this. We still don't have a vaccine, and I don't, I don't want to get into the science and all of it because I don't know anything. Frankly. Science I Trump. Frankly, I know nothing about this virus or the vaccine, whatever. I'm just saying, like, the virus has to get better. That's the basis. Someone, does someone make a vaccine? Let's say, yes. like, that, we're, pro, we're a pro-vaccine radio show. How about I will that? endorse. I'll endorse the vaccine when it happens. Yes. We're, we're pro vaccine. People, okay. I was talking to one of my roommates. He says he wouldn't take the vaccine if they had one because he doesn't know about the long term effects. I'm taking it immediately. Is that just me? Yeah. If I I'm get the opportunity, it to normal. 
I'm taking it, and my life can go back to normal, 100%. Even though if I, like, die when I'm 50, hey, it's the risk I'll take. (laughs) Yeah, live fast, die young. Yeah, okay. That was kind of dark, but... A little bit. (laughs) A little bit dark, but let's move on. Like we said, no breaks. This isn't a radio show right now because we're not in the studio. We don't have the board. Maybe we will be in the eventual weeks as we're trying to figure out some ways we can do this remote. But let's move on to NBA playoffs. TB, your boy went off last night. Yes. Yes, he did. LeBron James looked magnificent. The Lakers cruised to a win. By the way, I thought they didn't cruise. I, don't, I shouldn't say that. Down four at halftime. But once the Lakers took control of that game, I don't think it was in doubt the rest of the way. Like they, no, they went on a, the Lakers went on a huge run to go up about seven halfway through the third quarter. And from then on, yes, the score got to within one. It got tied at one point because Melo kind of – had this crazy little flurry, but it was never in doubt to me. It's like once the Lakers took the lead, it was over because here's the deal. I mean, the Lakers are clearly better than the Trailblazers. The Trailblazers just have the X factor of Dame could go off, CJ could go off, which CJ did go off last night. CJ was uh, insane last night. I mean, on, on the stat sheet, 28 points, not nothing to like drop your jaw at, but in the first half, he didn't miss. I mean, it was like he, he was he was hitting everything. Uh, great defense, you know, jumpers over AD, Caruso, whoever. But add in the fact that, I mean, the Lakers should have won by 20. Whether they win by eight, eight mm, points. I don't know about that. No, they should have. They, they missed 15 free throws and had 18 turnovers, you know? So yeah, I, I, yeah. LeBron, it, it is so weird. It is so – watching the game last night, you're like, LeBron – Trent, you, you know this better as being a LeBron fanboy. I feel like he was a better – like, he was a good free throw shooter in Miami. Like, I remember him yeah. being pretty good from yeah. – like, I don't know when it stopped or he – he's just uncomfortable at the line. It's really weird. But he, he was is. awesome last night. He, he literally took that game over. It was kind of funny to watch, like, Melo sort of go off. You're like, Melo – because Melo's yeah. one of those guys, like, he gets to the gym and he thinks he's the best player on the court. doesn't matter who he's playing with. It could be LeBron, like, Jordan Kareem. He thinks he's the best one there. But that, that was kind of cool to see. But I got to ask you because you're, like I said, a LeBron fanboy. And you'll say it yourself. Proud, proud LeBron. Proud, fan. proud, yeah. proud LeBron fanboy. I have a hard time thinking this Lakers team has enough pieces to make it to the finals. Unless Avery Bradley somehow comes back to this team or Rondo makes a huge difference once he comes back from injury. There are pieces around AD and LeBron. And AD and LeBron are the, probably the they're the best tandem in the league. It's not even close. You got two top five players in your starting lineup. It's kind of hard to defend. But KCP super inconsistent. Danny Green hasn't looked good so far in the bubble. Dwight Howard had a nice game yesterday, but never really know with him. I find it hard to believe them to get to the finals. And I, and I think the West is really tough. I like if that, what, if they win this series against the Blazers, which I do think will go at least six games. I do think the Lakers will squeak it out, but what do they face Houston or OKC in the next round? Yep. That's, that's, no cakewalk. And interesting, yeah. And, uh, those teams, and I think that, that you'd make the argument that the Blazers even have better bench pieces than the Lakers right now. Like, yeah, a, a lot of teams are top to bottom better than the Lakers maybe, but it kind of – That's what I'm saying. It's like odd how dominant they were this year. And I think it hurts – it really does hurt that they don't have Avery Bradley. Oh, for sure. I mean, he's a starter and he plays 25 minutes a game. So, absolutely, yeah, that's, that's, that's a big loss. But, Collins, I think it's like the first part of the equation that you were mentioning, the, just the LeBron AD. You got two top five players. And I think in a seven-game series, 
and especially I'll look at the landscape in a second, but in a seven-game series against anybody, I would be confident that if you have two top five players in your, in your lineup playing 40 minutes, you can win four out of seven. And, and, and again, I, I think my thing, my, my confidence has gone up a little bit since the playoffs started in the Lakers, oddly enough, because I'm watching the Bucks, you know, drop games to Orlando, who, you know, I, the Bucks aren't going to lose that series. I don't think anyone oh. even thought that even after Orlando won game one, but it's like, Orlando is not a good team, right? No, like, they're Portland staying. is a good team. Portland's probably the best eight seed ever because they're not an eight seed. They're just no, not. They're not. They, Portland would be I, – I was talking to my roommates last night. I think Portland could take the Nuggets or the Jazz in a series. I think they could take the Rockets or the Thunder in a series. You know, like the Trailblazers are, are a talented, good team. They're not an eight seed. That's who the Lakers dropped game one to. The Bucks dropped game one to the Magic. Who, who shouldn't have even made the playoffs, you know, if the, if the bubble would have stuck to, like, a top 16 team playoff format thing instead of the 8-8. Eight and eight. But that, that's not even over there. Then you got the Clippers. Obviously, I think they're going to they're gonna beat the, the Mavs. I think I picked it in five or you six. You think so? Can we talk about this? I want a yeah, little yeah, bit yeah. broad man discussion on this. Hank can get in the midst here, too. The, I just – like, the Clippers, I personally think the Clippers and Lakers are not the two best teams in the West right now. They're not playing like it, at least. And yeah. I, I, and when – and LeBron, till last night, hadn't really put his foot on the gas. And last night you saw, like, oh, there's LeBron. That's like – I mean, if he's like that, no one's going to beat him. So, I it's just – for a 35-year-old LeBron James to carry the weight he needs to in a – he, him and AD got to, like, between them, got to score, what, like 70 a game for them to go to the finals, you think? That's a lot. Yeah, it, it is. But, I mean, at the same time, I think – I get what you're saying with, like, I don't think the Lakers and Clippers are the two best teams in the West. Other teams are playing – Do you trust Contavious Caldwell Pope? I don't. And I love Casey. No, but my thing is I might not have to. I, for the people who didn't watch last night, LeBron James at 38 points, 12 rebounds, and 8 assists. That means, you know, you add in the assists, he's responsible for 50-plus points. You know, that's pretty much half the Lakers' points. AD finally showed up in a fourth quarter. Don't have the numbers in front of me, but it's like, whatever. Look, as far as this – He wasn't even hitting more. Matt wasn't moving that, that, he was shooting last night. He, the three mid-range jumpers in a row were, were beautiful in the fourth quarter. But I, I, I guess this is my last point on, on at least the Lakers' trailblazers, and we can talk the broader stuff real quick. But LeBron the, – the, the Blazers – have no answer for LeBron if he plays the way he did last night. Granted, I don't think anyone has the answers. Maybe no. the Clippers do. But, like, I mean, he he had he went 7 of 8 against Gary Trent Jr. as his primary defender. He dropped 14 on Melo, who's a little bit more of a bigger body. Like, no one's going to – no one can guard LeBron on the Trailblazers. So, this series to me, like you said, Collins, Blazers might eke one more out. But I think the Lakers are going to take it. Uh, not, yeah. not easily, but confidently. And then you have to look forward. The Rockets are a small team, and that's where I would look at AD in that potential matchup where AD yeah. would go off. You know, LeBron would be more of the distributor. And then, you know, if it's the, if it's the Thunder, you look back at LeBron because who's guarding LeBron on that team? You know, Gallinari. I, I, don't, I don't really know who they'd stick on him. So Probably Gallinari, Baisley, or Lewis Dort. But. Yeah, yeah, probably. But it's the rest of the equation for me, Collins, that I'm just like individual matchups right now, I just think the Lakers are favored in every single one. In the West, you know, in the East, maybe a little okay. bit of a different story. So, to you, who's the, their best challenger? Because I don't think it's the Clippers right now. I haven't liked what I've seen from the Clippers. Defensively, they look horrible. Playoff piece stinks. He hasn't done pandemic anything hit. so far. That's pandemic P. 
Pandemic P? Yeah. Is that a well, thing? He's, he's been bad, I too. I think it's a thing. I think it's a oh, thing. Oh, Hank, that was incredible. Pandemic P? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's been bad. No one cares about the Nuggets jazz series. Like, nobody. I, like, have you, have you heard any discussion? Like, NBA Twitter goes nuts over everything. I don't think anyone's talked about the jazz Nuggets series once. And they're, like, just dismantling them, too. Yeah, the Jazz disgusting. were like 40, like two days disgusting. ago. I think they play today. I don't know. The Nuggets are a very wild team to me. They spend a lot. They have a lot of yeah. money tied up and a lot of people, and they want to play a different style. It's kind of awkward. I mean, Heat Raptors, Celtics up 3-0 in the East. Let's start with the East. Let's start with the East, actually, because you were talking about the Bucks a little bit earlier, Trent, how they might have not, like, looked very good. Like, Middleton hasn't looked good. I was going to ask the question, who would you rather have, playoff P or Middleton? Because they've both been rather stinky since the bubble yeah. started. But I still – like, I saw people on the Twitter timeline yesterday, like, oh, the Heat are going to give the Bucks a series. I really don't think so. I, when, it, oh, I when, it comes to, uh, when it comes down to it, I think if the Bucks get one other – like, I think Giannis, LeBron, and Kawhi are the only three players in NBA right now where – they can literally, they're just so unguardable. Like, Giannis is unguardable right now. He, and, and when Kawhi and LeBron get going, they're even better, you can argue, because they got that jump shot. But I find it hard to imagine that Bam Adebayo, who's a very good player and an NBA All Star, is going to be the answer for Giannis Antetokounmpo, who's probably going to be a back to back MVP. And like, people are saying, like, like, I can't see Jimmy Butler being the best player on a team that's going to make it to a conference finals. I just, like, can't see that. The Celtics, I don't know. The Sixers are a complete dumpster fire right now. So, anything they're yeah, doing I don't buy series, like, I, I, I take it with a grain of salt. So, in the East, everyone's making it out to be, like, I, I don't like the Bucs in the finals. I still think they're the best team in that, in that league. And if Middleton gets it going just a little bit, like, they'll be fine. Because all their other pieces around them are – they, they just have a really good mesh team, and they can match up with a lot, a lot of different basketball styles. I just – I don't buy into the heat. Like, do you, like I know oh. they're 3-0 against the Pacers, but the Pacers aren't that good. They, no, I, I don't – Oladipo's played terrible. I don't buy into the heat either. Um, I, I do like Jimmy Butler a lot. I think he's a dog. And, like, given the, given the matchup with Giannis, I think he'd be able to do something on the perimeter a little bit, just, like, bang Giannis around. He's still going to get an easy 28, 29, 30 points. So, like, I, I just don't – yeah, like you said, I don't see Bam out of bio keeping Giannis away from the rim. Uh, on that same front, though, if you remember last season when Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Bucks were up 2-0 on Kawhi Leonard's Raptors in the conference finals – before losing four straight, what was their what was the Raptors' formula to win? It was Serge Ibaka, Marcus Gasol at the rim with Kawhi on the perimeter, and, and and obviously Kawhi is gone. So now what you can do is you can throw Siakam at uh, at Giannis, and you still got those other two guys. You got Gasol and, and Ibaka under the rim, and you could take Giannis out of the equation. So I'm going to say the Raptors could be a dark horse to like beat the Bucks, but I still think it's Bucks. And obviously, you guys know how I feel about the Lakers. I just think they're on a collision course for the finals. That's just that's just kind of where I'm at. I, right. I haven't seen I enough. I haven't seen enough from anyone to really to really prove me differently. I in fact, I, I would say I haven't seen enough from any team in this entire NBA bubble right now that's gonna that's gonna bolster their stock. Like I've only seen stuff that's hurt hurt teams so far. Like I've only gotten more concerned with the Clippers. 
I've gotten more concerned with the Bucks. I've gotten more concerned with the Rockets, with Russ's injuries and whatnot. And, and the Lakers, yes. Like, if, if people can't hit shots, they're not really that good of a team. Then it just becomes LeBron and AD, like you were talking about earlier. So, I don't know. I, at this point, I have no choice but to just stick with Bucks lakers And I know that's chalk. It's both one seeds. But I just don't we'll, – Yeah, we'll I, know, I know what you're saying. More basketball I like, needs to happen. I like that you brought up the Raptors because I think they're the one team in the bubble that I think has gotten the, like – they're like, oh, they could be a problem in a bubble setting because they got a, they got a lot of role guys that – maybe aren't going to, like, if they're playing on the road or not really going to do their thing. But, like, in a bubble setting, every game is kind of, like, relaxed. You're, you're not really that, like, there's pressure, but it's not the same. So yep. you're going to have guys like Norm Powell, who had a really nice year for them, and they paid a lot of money a couple of years ago. But, like, he's a guy who could go get you 20-5. and five. Like, he, he can do that. Fred Van, I mean, Fleet, Fred Van Vliet is a beast. Like, yep. he's probably the best unrestricted free agent this year, like, the way he's playing. So, I, I mean, I like that you brought up the Raptors, but the one thing, and this will be the last time we talk about the NBA, I mean, I just hope the Lakers or the Bucks, maybe not the Bucks, just I want a finals where it feels real. Because right now the playoffs do feel real. But if it's like a Utah Jazz, like Miami Heat NBA finals. Yeah, it just won't feel right. People, <laughs> it's just going to be a huge asterisk on it. If, if it's like the Lakers and – the Raptors, Lakers, Bucks, or Clippers, Bucks. They'll feel real. Just something like that. That's what I hope for. I'm not really rooting for anyone. But, like, I feel like that just would make it feel like it's, like, an actual title. That's what I hope. And the yeah. bubble playoffs have been awesome. It feels like March Madness. Oh, it does. It's, it's terrific. They've done the new camera angles and, and all that stuff. And it's fun to, like, listen to the referees talk. It, everything is just super interesting. But last thing I'll say on the NBA, Collins, is – this season is going to be the biggest revisionist history season ever because no one is setting no one is setting the standard right now. It's going to depend who wins, how, by how many, how they win, who they beat. Then people are going to be like whether or not it has an asterisk on it, the championship. You know, like if LeBron James and the Lakers beat the Heat, it will just be like, well, the Heat made it because of the bubble, and, you know, of course Lakers should beat the Heat. doesn't count. But if the Clippers beat the Raptors, the narrative is going to be, Oh, Kawhi beat his old team. His old team made it to the finals without him. You know, like there's just it's it's revisionist history and it's gonna depend who beats who. And and you know, unfortunately we gotta wait till October to figure all that out. But but your NBA playoffs have been fantastic thus far. Good discussion. Awesome. They've been awesome. And I love that it's every other day. And I think they should I think one thing they should take from this is quit with like the three travel days between games. Like the like two or three days off in between games in the playoffs, like they, I think that's one thing you take from from the playoffs that people have reacted and liked a lot. I know they wanted to last a little bit longer, so they're more in the NBA, like they're more in the sports discussion. So well, that's hard though too with traveling. It's hard to, you know, you kind of need those recovery days when you're traveling. Yeah, but like, do you you need two days? Like these days, like you know what I'm saying? Like you need yeah. a day, like. The, from the game one to game two, like sometimes people are getting like a day, like two days off for those games. That shouldn't be happening. So I don't know. Plus, plus people forget that. I mean, unless it's the finals, no one's flying across the country. You're staying within the region of like east or west, and you know those flights take an hour and a half, two hours tops. So yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of with you, Kyle. That's a good point. Yeah. Just 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 for the sake of like as fans, I would rather it be like it is now. Every other day, you have a game because it's just fun. Plus, you can keep track of what series are on when and everything. Absolutely. This is 
way better from a uh, fan's perspective, though. Yes. Awesome. Yeah, so let's move on. A little Michigan State news. We'll sprinkle that in. Not a whole lot since basically fall sports have been canceled. And the only thing that's really been going on during this quarantine and coronavirus pandemic for Michigan State sports, other than Mel Tucker signing a couple of recruits, which he signed a four-star offensive lineman for Rutgers, which was sort of big news. But, like, it's kind of hard to, like, get excited about something when you don't know when they're going to be playing football next. But, I mean, good for Mel Tucker, I guess. He got the tweet out that gif, that 21-strong one. You guys like that gif? I just like Mel Tucker on social media. He is cool. He's a very <laughs> cool person. Very cool person. You like, the game? you like it, Collins? I do. I love Mel Tucker. I, I, I don't know what, like, his Twitter header is, like, my favorite thing on the internet right now. Where it's literally just a picture of him staring out in the distance. And it's just, like, two, like, pit bulls just barking that stone. It's the most ridiculous picture ever, but I love it. So, but that is wild. I'm gonna have to go look at that right. You're gonna have to take it. Everyone listening right now, take a look at it. It's pretty funny. But MSU basketball recruiting—that's like the thing, basically, that MSU fans have been holding their hats on, basically, which is like the last like six months. They get another guy, four-star point guard out of Farmington, Jaden Akins, and this is one of the guys like you've been a Michigan State fan for a while, or you cover Michigan. I mean, follow college basketball. There's always these guys like in your state or whatever where they're not necessarily like the five star or like the biggest prospect in the world. But every time you hear someone talk about a guy, and this is one of these guys who's like, oh, he's a problem. He's a really, really good player and he's gonna be really successful in the next level. Like he's like, he might not be rated the top player in Michigan, but people are like, he's the best player in Michigan. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and this is a guy that Michigan State typically gets and they got him. And he's adds to their 2021 class. Any thoughts? I mean, I just wanted to mention it. I think it was noteworthy. Yeah, it's noteworthy for sure. It's another good win for Tom Izzo, as you mentioned. Like, he's been on fire this This summer. is a Michigan State guy, though. They usually get these guys. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, it's not. It's nothing, like, crazy, like, off the charts. Like, getting Imani Bates and Christie was, like, okay, this doesn't That was different, happen. yes. It doesn't happen. You're, you're, you're right. What's that a big guy guy's like name? Do you know what that big guy's um, name is with um, the five-star? Uh, oh, I, lo- I love how I'd like you – Michigan yeah, State's no, had I, so many five-stars in the last, like, three months that we don't even know what one of the guy's name is. Oh, is it Enoch? Was that yes. It's like yeah. Enoch something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, guy I can't from remember Canada. either. Right, yeah. I will say this. We talked about this on the show a little bit last week you, um, with uh, Bach and Dandrin. I think How did the they Beats, do? It was, it was fun. It was, it was a good change-up, you know? It was, uh, Are they better listen? than us? You, you didn't listen to it, Collins? What's up with that? I, lo- I mean, I edited the podcast. I didn't you listen support to it all the brand. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I was busy. I was bit, there was right. a reason right. we weren't on the Green Water Report. I'm by sure the way, good. Shut up, I mean, by the way, I was out of the loop on that. I was I was unawares that that was going on. But I texted you in our group chat, dude. Uh, maybe I didn't look at the group chat. I don't know. I didn't see that. Come on, dude. Anyways, whatever. I was, what I mean, Bach, Bach, like literally a professional broadcaster, Dandron. Oh yeah. Class act, really funny. So I bet well, it was good. Actually, I'll say this one more, one quick thing before we go back to basketball here. You should definitely go back and listen to the last ten minutes of that podcast because Dandron spent that segment just reading off names from his fantasy baseball team and saying why he liked the players. So that was why I don't, that is the most dangerous thing I've ever heard. I, it really it's probably is. all Indians players too. <laughs> it's worth the listen, dude. Anyways, we talked about Atkins a little bit last week. I think the, uh, the biggest implication here um, 
is that it might actually affect Imani's probability of coming to state, Michigan State. Reclassifying. Yeah, reclassifying, exactly. Which would mean that we have a year of Imani Bates, you know. So I, you guys I, would have it. You guys would have a year of Monty Bates. I won it. But. Oh, you're not gonna say you're Michigan State. F- you're off. No, I don't. I unfortunately I front loaded my classes, looking forward to my senior year, hoping it would be a cakewalk, which it probably will be, easy educational wise. But the rest of the year, I mean, it's not how I planned it. Not how I drew it up. If I could go back, probably would have been like, hey, maybe take 12 credits, like sophomore year, second semester, to. <laughs> prolong my career at Michigan State, but I can't, unfortunately. But yeah, I think you're completely right, Hank. That, and you already kind of saw Amani Bates on his like Instagram, kind of hinting at it. Which I, I mean, I I don't put any stock in anyone's social media with like the edits and all that stuff. But like, I do feel more confident than I did when he committed that he's coming to Michigan State. And I do think he like, with all this uncertainty and stuff, and hopefully we're back to normal by 2021. I think I, – I mean, I think him reclassifying is – there's a very good chance he does. I really I – I, I, and I, I – like, all the people, like, he's never going to play in East Lansing. I think it's hard to say that right now. Like, I, I, I think there's a less of a chance that he never comes to Michigan State than he does. Like, I, I, I put 80 – I'll say 80% that he is in a Michigan State uniform at some point. I don't know how many games he plays or whatever, but, like – I think he's coming to East Lansing. Collins, I'm actually – I'm with you on that on that train. I think, yeah, like 75 80%, and here's why. I, I, I think a factor people forget is that Imani Bates grew up a fan of this school. Like, he wants to go to Michigan State. He wants to. He didn't to. need to commit in the summer. I know we talked about this earlier, but, like, he didn't need to do that. He did that, like – Right. I don't know. He did, that, he did that to essentially say, if I play college hoops, it will be at Michigan State. He's been a fan his whole life. He wants to go to school here. He likes East Lansing. He's been raised on it, basically. So, yes, I do think he's going to reclassify income. And, obviously, we have to let a lot of more chips fall to really figure that out. But you're, you're, you're right. It was worth mentioning. Hank, you got any thoughts? Yeah, like I said, I think, I think um, you know, they're, with them being teammates this year at uh, Ypsilanti Prep, I mean, I, I see Jake Aikens going to Ypsilanti Prep? I didn't know that. Yeah, they're teammates, which is another reason why I think, you know, this is just another reason for them want to want to play basketball together. They're buddies. Yeah. yeah. But all these, like, high-level basketball players, like, especially if you're from the same area, play together. Like, on an no, AAU that's true. or whatever. Did but, you know that John Zion played AAU together for a year? For a yeah, summer? you didn't know that? That's bizarre. No, I didn't know that. They're both that from bad. South Carolina. Well, I know, but I didn't, I didn't realize. I don't know. Whatever. But anyways, yeah, clearly, it was like you clearly didn't watch a Murray State game a couple of years. That was like if you watch a Murray State game with Ja going, it was like, oh, here's the picture of him and Zion on SC Supreme in eighth grade or something. They mention it like every ten seconds. Also, yes, it's like, if you it's didn't like know, Stafford and Stafford and Kershaw. I was gonna say if you didn't know, Matthew Stafford and Clayton Kershaw were childhood friends and teammates. Did you, did you know that Tom Izzo and Steve Mariucci grew up together? I didn't did know you, that. In the UP, baby. That's right. Yeah, people, yeah, yeah. yeah, Hank's probably heard that every day of his life. Yeah, that's but, true. That's like our... Let's, I mean, getting back to Aikens, <laughs> I mean, I honestly don't know Michigan State scholarship situation. They just keep getting commitments, and I don't know, like, if they're just expecting Aaron Henry to leave and a couple other guys to leave early for the NBA, like Rocket. I'm assuming they are because they have so many guys, like, backloaded 
for this recruiting class already. So I'm very interested to see what happens there with the moving and shifting roster spots. But, I mean, exciting times for Michigan State basketball. Hopefully the Big Ten figures out a way they can play this year. Yep. It's probably not going to be with fans, but that is okay, especially after – there's just no way – there's no way that the NCAA – can go two years without March Madness. They need that. They can't. They can't. So they'll have to figure it out. I mean, and they can figure out a bubble. They could get, I mean, I think the NBA, the best thing about the NBA, they've set, I mean, NBA and NHL basically set a formula for any, like, thing, like, for a tournament, they could easily do that. It would probably have to be at one location, which is fine. But, like, you enter the bubble, you're not leaving. Like, you, you, I think you can easily do that with NCAA basketball. But what's the most amount of teams you think you could – you could like logistically make that happen with. Well, you can just have like three different regions until the final four. And then you have like two weeks off. Where you oh, and then, and then meet up. Now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I so like I think you could do that. So you got like 16 teams in each city or like pod or whatever they're doing. Right. But you, I think you can definitely do that. But the hub, they call them the hub cities. Yeah. Hub city. Yeah. Perfect. There you go. There Good go. jargon there, Hank. That's exactly. why you get that producer paycheck. Um, <laughs> Trent, I want to talk a little NHL playoffs because they've been going on. And I know we're not the biggest NHL guys, and I know you're – I was about to ask you a question if you knew a player on the Colorado Avalanche. Do you know a player on the Avalanche? I don't. I don't. I don't. So, I'll let you – I'll just let you rip. You're going to let me rip. I'm not – I'm not really going to rip. I'm just going to say, like, last night, NHL playoffs, Dallas Stars beat the Avalanche, heavy favorite. I mean – Stanley Cup playoffs, I think they felt the most real out of any sports. I just wanted to bring that up because, like, you watch that NHL hockey game, it feels like the same speed. It feels like the same intensity. Guys are chirping each other. There's blood on the ice. It feels the same. It feels like it doesn't matter who wins the Stanley Cup this year. I feel like it will feel real. Yeah, yeah, I, I subscribe. And, to and, 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 and the bubble's been great in basketball, but I just – for some I, – I think the quality of playing hockey has been just a little bit better for their sport. I just wanted to bring that up. Shout out hockey. I love hockey. Yeah, they're 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 getting it right. Like you said, not a huge hockey guy over here for me, but like I I I've seen a few, you know, I like I've watched a couple games. I've watched a couple you watched a couple games. games in your life. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get around on that. But no, for real, all jokes aside, they get they, they have it right. I would I would agree they that the quality of hockey has been better than the quality of basketball we've gotten. So Yeah, so I don't know. Whatever. One thing I forgot to put in the doc, and we need to talk about, and I completely forgot, Pistons dropped two spots in NBA lottery. They did. The Pistons did drop two spots. They, they actually didn't at all. But Yes, I they did, dude. Saying, yeah, they, they did. did Trent, most just because the percentage yeah, – just because the most likely outcome, they, they had 25% to be in the seven, right, which was their high, highest – They were yeah. like 26. But they also had better chances than, like, what, th- two of the teams in the top three? Dude, okay. They still had the, the fifth best odds of winning the lottery. They still did. They still they, dropped two spots. Yes. Well, they had a 40% chance in the top five. But that also means they had a 60% chance outside the top five, which is where they ended up. So I, I don't I like how glass saying. half full guy you are right now. I need I'm not, it's not glass half full. I'm not happy. I'm not happy about you it. Get mad. I want to hear you get mad about it. I'm mad about it. I can wrap my head around. Look, I watched this with my, my buddy who's a Cleveland Cavaliers fan. Shout out to Andrew Werner, Impact guy. The Cavs got screwed. They, they, the, the Cavaliers dropped. They, were, they had the best odds for number one. They dropped to five. They, they dropped out of the top three. The Cavs like, are that, the first pick, though. 
Neither do the Timberwolves. What, okay. what? That, that, that's what I said, too. Like, the Cavs have won it enough. They've won the lottery enough, and they won a championship the last five years. So they're fine. But what I'm saying is that is called – that that's dropping. Pistons didn't drop. Like, yeah, yes, we all would have liked – I get what you're saying. We'll leave come on, it there. Come on, think about this. We have a top three pick this year. Think about that. How nice would that be? Oh, the pick of the winner of all those cards. I'm just saying mathematically we didn't drop. But, yes, we kind of got we, – we, I was over on the We didn't get screwed, but, like, no, we just we need didn't. a break. Give us a break. I want one break. Have you seen the stat? The Pistons have never moved up in the draft lottery. Ever. I think the Hornets until this year had never moved up either. Like, how does that happen, bro? Like, how does that happen? A, once? When did the lottery start? Like, the 80s, I believe. Patrick Ewing. Was Ewing the first year? I, wa- I mean, I they've been say, pretty but... good. I think in the lottery area era, other than the last, like, 10 years, they've been pretty good. So, they haven't really had that many lottery-like spots, which has been historically a good franchise. But, yeah, that stinks. It started in 85. The Pistons, I think, have had the seventh pick for, like, the last 15 years. It really feels like that. Since, yep. the, since the Chauncey's left, it feels like, oh, the Pistons are going to draft, like, Brad Monroe. He'll be fine. You know what's he funny is anything. Off, off the top of my head, I'm pretty sure KCP was drafted seventh. So get excited, Pistons fans. You're getting another one of him. Never, uh, I'll never forget when they took KCP over Trey Burke. Oh, he People was were up him. in arms. People were up in arms. That it ended up being the right pick, but – yeah, I did. I did. And I remember that, too, because, you know, obviously, Trey Burke. I mean, yeah, Trey Burke, best Michigan basketball player maybe ever. So, yeah. I mean, like, I don't yes. know. And, and he'd probably be a better broadcaster than Chris Weber someday as well. So Okay. Do you want to tell – are you – NBA Twitter hates Chris Weber and Reggie Miller. I like Reggie Miller. I think he's funny. I think he doesn't bring great insight. But, like, I'm entertained when I watch. Chris Weber is just, like – he just says things. I'm like, that was not very good and logical. I don't know what he's saying right now. But, like, he, the thing about, like, Chris Weber, like, you hear his voice, and, like, he's, like, smooth. Like, he, he like he's a well-spoken person. But, like, the points he brings to the game are so bad. It's like that, like, I'm like, uh, I mean, what does what that mean? I could have said that. I'm like, I, I didn't play 15 years in the NBA, and I could have said that. Why? You hating on Chris Weber's uh, like broadcasting game that much, TB? Yeah, I don't know. You know what? I I liked him. I liked him a few years ago just because you know he's from Detroit. He, he went to Michigan, I, I it, but he's still a Detroit no, guy. Like he played. For I the loved Pistons. Chris Weber growing up. I, I remember him. him playing for the Pistons. I liked him. Whatever. Eighty four like, and the Pistons red, white, and blue. Chris yeah, Weber eighty four with a, what a bad number. A red headband. number. But the best TNT broadcaster color guy is Stan Van Gundy. I said this. Yeah, SVG's it, he, killing He is it. fantastic, dude. He's a lot Still better than like his brother him. is, too. Dude, SVG, people just really like, oh, good broadcaster. People just forget he just blew up the Pistons franchise like three years ago. <laughs> well, so that's the other thing I, is it's not, it's not even me being biased because I don't like SVG because you ruined the Pistons and sabotaged us. But the thing about he's it, a though, very good broadcaster. Do you really hate SVG? Because, like, I don't like him, but I'm like, he was kind of fun. Like every every time I see him, I'm like, they had that yeah. one picture of him in that like flat hat that made me laugh. There was always those videos of him dribbling, and like the build a wall thing. Like yeah. he, he had some good moments. He made me laugh. So he had some good he, moments. Even though he set the franchise back another ten years, but yeah, yeah. Shout good out at Blake broadcasting. Griffin. 
Shout out Blake Griffin. Still a piston. We love you, Blake. Yeah, still a piston. Piston for life, Blake Griffin. Blake of the year. But I think that's to be all for us today. Good episode Actually, today, guys. Yo, Collins, I, got, I, wanna, I wanna ask you guys something real quick. We're okay, going right hey, back to the lottery real quick. Off. Yeah, I know. I, that's that was rude of me. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to go back to the lottery real quick. This is a debate I've been getting in a lot. Who's your? You got the number one pick. Who are you taking? Is it Edwards or is it Melo? I mean, we. Uh, I don't think it's between Edwards and Melo. I think you don't think. I so? think since Minnesota is, since Minnesota has the pick, I don't think they're gonna take Lamelo. No, I said you. I said you have the pick. Oh, I'm taking Lamelo. I love Lamelo. I think he's the highest ceiling out of everyone in this draft. Eh, I take that bet. I think Edwards does. But I like watching Anthony Edwards play. Like I, we, I saw him score like. 38 against Michigan State in like one half and I still wasn't impressed because like his game so far to me is just like he's got a lot of Andrew Wiggins vibes which I don't like and like he could still be a productive NBA player I don't think he's be bad or anything but he just seems like a guy you'll sell yourself on for about 10 years that he can he's gonna turn it around and just never does a Jeff Green type feels like that to me so I don't know I like Lamelo, and I, I like the circus. That's why I like Lamelo. if I'm being honest. Yep, Lamelo's instant press, and he's a 6'8 point guard. You guys know who I, how I feel about 6'8 point guards. Hint, it's LeBron James, and he's also the greatest of all time. So I'd pick Lamelo Ball and not close. That's what, I, that's what I would do. Hank, what about you? I like Melo as well. I also like sneaky option number three, Obi Toppin, but we don't want to do that if no. you don't want to. Shut up. <laughs> don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to get into that right now, but – I like Let's talk about the NBA draft when that comes up because, uh, like, I by that point is the NBA draft after the playoffs now, or are they doing it during the playoffs? It's after. Um, let me let me look. Let me before so, we go. Let me get the we'll we'll talk about that when the draft comes up because we'll probably not have a lot of sports to talk about that time of year. So October sixteenth. October sixteenth. So like right after like the finals. Yeah, right after instantaneous. Yeah. Okay. A good show. Before Hank cut me off, I was going to say thanks to Hank for being a good producer today. But, I mean, maybe I don't give him that thank you next week. But <laughs> He'll yeah. have to earn it. He'll have to earn it. That's right. why he's not on the schedule anymore at LS Tetra. That attitude. <laughs> I'm, calling him right I'm calling him right now. Get me back on. Get me back on. I need some tips. Need a, yeah, need that money. But Ryan Collins, Trent Valley. Thanks for listening to us this week. I think we will be live next week on the air Sunday at 11 for an hour of the Green and White Report. Unless we're able to get some actual equipment, maybe we'll go back to two hours like we're supposed to be doing. But right now, we're just going to sit to an hour because it's a little bit easier for programming. But follow all of us on Twitter, social media channels. We'll Trent will tweet about LeBron. I'll tweet about Burger King, French yep. Toast Sticks. <laughs> Hank, Hank, Hank will tweet about Kirk Cousins and the how he doesn't no. like him on the Vikings. No, no, all that. No, but that's not. There's it. a lot of things going on in WDBM sports still, even though during this pandemic we're not all not all allowed to meet together. Still a lot of content, so keep following that, and we'll see you guys next week. You have been listening to the Green and White Report on WDBM. For all your sports news and notes, go to impact89fm.org/sports. <laughs> <laughs>